0: We acknowledge and pay respect to the land and the traditional families of the Yugambeh region of southeast Queensland, and to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We would also like to remind listeners that we are recording on stolen land, and sovereignty
1: has never been ceded. Welcome to Revolting Women. This is an independent podcast brought to you by four independent women. It's time to rethink, rebel. And revolt. So, what do you think about the patriarchy? Do you, you want to
0: destroy it?
2: You better dim your lights. <laughs> We can see it. <laughs> so we're back again. And we now have a producer, it
0: seems. Yeah.
1: We wish you guys could see our setup right now from where we started to where we are right now. We've got our producer in the studio at Q Sound <laughs> at our new podcast studio. So stoked.
2: Yeah. It's so nice here. And we're so excited to be back in your ears as well. We know it's been a few months now um, since our last episode, but we're so excited for season two and what we can bring. On with conversations and what we want to talk about, but yeah.
1: Yeah, we're keen for a little bit of a shake up with how we do things here at Revolting Women. We're going to be moving into uh, a bit of a new vibe and we're really excited for all of these new awesome people that have also started following us and staying up to date, even though we've been pretty slack with our (laughs) social media. (laughs) So if you're listening to this, thanks for sticking around. And we're really excited to keep making some new episodes this year. Yeah, definitely keen to make it a bit more casual, more general discussions
0: and lay it back a bit. And hopefully if we do that, it's less pressure on ourselves and we can finally just release more episodes more frequently.
2: Yeah. It's been a bit hard, of course, just because we experienced COVID, moving houses, different uni degrees, different jobs. Like we've all had such massive life changes, I think, in the past. And Saskia, congratulations for graduating. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. So stoked. Finally. Finally.
0: Five years later, <laughs> finally have a degree.
1: Jazzy's living in Brisbane now. Yeah,
3: living in Brisbane.
0: Yeah, well, pretty much since we recorded our last episode, yeah, I've graduated uni. Um, Samara, who is actually goes by the name of Z now. <laughs> goes
2: by the name. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's been such a weird time, I suppose. And my friends have been so supportive in just like... calling me by the name that I really appreciate as well because I I do, of course, still answer by Samara, but as I have posted on my Instagram and just like not really come out in a big way or anything like that, um, I just find that the name Zio is just so much more suited to me. And since last year in January when I began my arts degree, I learnt about like the gender binary and doing this podcast as well. And since then, I have learned so much about myself and even just having our beautiful friend, Iden on the podcast last year as well, like just being able to have so many awesome trans and non-binary people around us because it can feel a little bit isolating on the Gold Coast um, and there's just not much queerness going around in the streets. So it's been really cool. And learning that I'm like non-binary has just opened up so many doors of when I was a kid and just accepting myself and knowing who I am now and just feeling so much more me and not giving a fuck about anyone else. Oh, I love
1: it so <laughs> I love much. So, if you, awesome. if, so we'll obviously be referring to them as Z now throughout the podcast and all of that. So yeah. Sorry no that confusion there. There'll be no confusion. No, there. you've explained <laughs> yourself perfectly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think everyone, all of us, four of us have grown a lot because of the podcast last year mm-hmm. and it was a really awesome thing that, Like we've been able to do, and super excited for us to all get back into it. So, with that said, yeah, welcome to season two. Yeah, season
3: two, episode one, babies.
0: Just recently, which we spoke about last year, and I think it was our third or fourth episode, we went to Mardi Gras last year, all four of us. And uh, this year we went again, except for Ruby, unfortunately, couldn't be here
1: with us. <laughs> Ruby missed it. We missed you. It's still haunting me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, three out of four of us um, revolting women went to Mardi Gras this year and once again was such a beautiful, amazing experience down in Sydney and Gadigal land. Um, but, yeah, do you want to talk about it a bit, Jazzy, about um, the whole day, the whole event, everything?
3: Yeah, I guess. Um, we, yeah, we went down with a bigger group this time, which was really nice, and I think a lot of us in this time have also come out, like, helped, like, I don't know, we figured out our queerness a mm-hmm. lot. So yeah. going down again this time was a lot more eye-opening and a lot more fun in a way, be- not a lot more fun, but a lot <laughs> more fun in a way where, like, we could feel truly express ourselves the way we wanted to and we're fully immersed and not feeling like on the outskirts as much mm. but more involved this year um and I think we spoke about last year how there was a protest but mm. yeah this year there was again because the Mardi Gras was still at the stadium so yeah we protested down
2: Oxford Street and the main what were the main like? It was um, decrim, full decrim of sex work. Oh yeah, um, it this was the demands. Yeah, these were the, the demands. On, yeah. It was trans rights and Medicare and like um, paid leave for when you do have um, personal reasons to not go to work with trans issues. Um, the it other was, one was kill the bill
3: as well, I think.
2: Yeah. Like, um, I actually kill it because I guess
0: what they were saying is that it's shelved for now, but it doesn't mm, mean it's necessarily abolished. Yeah, exactly. Sure. It's definitely
2: coming back. Yeah, um, it just got shut down because people protested. <laughs> mm. Otherwise, they would have kept pushing for that. Yeah. So that was pretty amazing.
3: Yeah and we also heard an amazing speech from um Atamil. I don't know if he was a refugee once. He was. He I was. think his family um, moved Yeah, Tamil refugee um which was super amazing and now he works with a lot of the refugees um in the Sri Lankan and Tamil um like communities? conflict yeah mm. and communities. So that was amazing. So there, that the refugee fight is also within this um, LGBTQI fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah and that was what's beautiful. I think we spoke about this last year as well but what I love about the LGBTQ plus community is that it's it goes by that Marsha P Johnson quote of like no liberation mm-hmm. for some of us without liberation for all of us. And yeah. it's just it was so clear last year. And I think that was really inspiring to see it once again. You're mm-hmm. getting not just talking about queer rights. You're t- they're talking about and having speeches from all different minorities coming through and bringing light to all these things. Even there was a shout-out to the nurses. Like, yeah, yeah, that was great.
3: <laughs> that was awesome.
0: And so it was just so beautiful to see that all again. Uh, but yeah, and then so I think we spoke about how last year there was a protest going on during the actual event. So Mardi Gras is split up from the actual protest, and since COVID in the past two years, there's been an event at the the stadium rather than down Oxford Street with all the floats. So um, yeah, it's definitely become a lot more corporized and a yeah. lot more in a controlled environment and so you pay 10 dollars a ticket to get into this event and so we felt a bit bad going because we kind of learned last year about you know how corrupt it had become the whole event with the police marching in the um in the march and also all of the big corporations that show up for that one week of Mardi Gras and then you know don't have the same values the whole way around um, but we still went, um, just because it was a good time. <laughs> but we decided to actually bring in protest <laughs> signs, and without really
2: thinking too much into it. But because it-
1: last year, one of like the clearest memories and one of the biggest memories for me was watching the police section of the march, and then mm-hmm. having the Department of Home Affairs come out on the like field on the parade and completely disrupt it. Like that was such a huge memory as well Mm. from like the previous Mardi Gras. For sure. And
2: we haven't really seen much go on on their Instagrams lately as well. And we were kind of just talking about it. Like why don't we just hold up? We were wearing T-shirts that said no pride and police. No police and pride. Yeah. So we kind of just thought let's buy some sparkly pieces (laughs) of paper and write on it when we go in. May as well do something instead of just going when we do know it is a bit iffy. Mm. Yeah, and we thought it was pretty like a small kind of thing to do as well. We
3: were like, oh, we're just going to hold these signs up while the police are here and that's fine. And then it wasn't until we were actually going into the event with these signs that Z got stopped (laughs) and was like, no, 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 you can't bring those in. And I was like,
2: you can't come in. And I was like, why? Read my sign again. What has this got to say about anything? Because it just said bigots are not welcome here. Hashtag fuck the libs. Hashtag abolish the government. Hashtag (laughs) ACAT.
1: the smallest writing though, like, yeah. you know, they were really reading. <laughs> they must
3: have really been reading. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then they read mine as well, no Pride in Police, and we were like, no, no, this is, like, what, like, the Pride in Protesters said, like, yeah, we can this bring money in. Girl. And then we're like, okay then, okay, bring them in. And we were like, oh, my goodness, like, we almost weren't allowed in, so yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. and then
2: um, once the, obviously, all the floats do their rounds, once the police started walking in the middle, we just held up our signs and booed them and just did that for a few minutes and then when they got off we sat down and started enjoying our time again and it wasn't until about 10 minutes later I'm looking around and I just see all these police start walking down the aisles on each side and I'm like oh they got someone and it it was us and yeah the whole experience was obviously just like ridiculous and I would like to honor my privilege in these situations as well mm. because we all have white privilege and to be treated like with that way with cops and to be kicked out in that way would have been completely different in so many different circumstances mm. and I really respect and I want to give a shout out to Jazzy
0: because yeah. she really stood her ground in this situation and stood up and said what it what, like what am i doing wrong here and really like challenged them mm. and their perspectives and tried to educate them in the moment And used her voice and really stood with her values. And I, for sure, had so much admiration for you in that moment. It was really, really awesome.
3: Pretty
2: scary. (laughs) It was so scary. And they took her her (laughs) licence away and Jazzy's like, can I please have this back now? And they're like, no. And it's like, why? Yeah. It was just quite ridiculous. And luckily we did just get, you know, told to leave and our um, information taken down. But it could have definitely in a so totally different circumstance and a lot of different, um, yeah. yeah.
3: It definitely comes back to what we're seeing constantly is that any protest of any kind from, well, Mardi Gras started from a protest Mm. and that's how it was created and then any protest of any kind at the Mardi Gras Stadium was banned and Mm. we actually missed the start of the parade when they explained to everyone (laughs) like on big signs and everything, no protesting and all of this probably because of like... The issue with Department of Home Affairs last year and it it just shows like how much they're trying to stop people from protesting. Stop this
1: message as well. It's like you don't they don't want people and even what you were saying about how it was this whole thing when you were in the crowd and then like once you were taken away and removed from the crowd it was the the vibe completely changed and it's almost like they want to send this message to other people within the crowd and within the community to be like if you do this you'll be kicked out and you'll Mm -hmm. be reprimanded for it when like you know, you get removed from the event, but, like, the way that they, you know, Handled portray it. the situation and handle it is yeah. so over the top. They for don't like, need the circumstances. Cops, right. standing <laughs> around
2: us. Like, it was so over the top with yeah. what was actually necessary. But you're so yeah. right. You're <clears throat> so right, Ruby, because, like, it's just really frustrating when everyone in the queer community, especially at the protests, were voicing how they are not happy with the police being part of it. And it's just kind of like... What is going on behind closed doors to actually create the police to continue marching in this parade? Like it's not actually that big of a deal if you just backed out. Or just didn't wear their uniforms. They can march in the parade, but Mm. they shouldn't be showing their
3: uniforms while Mm. marching. Like that's the whole part about it. Mm. Because once they're in those uniforms, they are no longer like those individual people that they are. They are for the system and they work for the system. They aren't individual
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think that was what was disappointing was at the same time as we were in Mardi Gras mm. was when these New South Wales floods were happening and people were
1: stranded on their fucking roofs. For sure. And where was all of the resources and see, going? And then next minute you see all these videos of just busloads of mm. hundreds of police, you know, going onto Oxford Street on the mm, weekend with of Mardi Gras. Dogs. With like. Unbelievable amounts of cops. Like I can't even imagine how many mm. there would have been. Like Fossilates. you see the videos, like so many. Meanwhile, people in the Northern Rivers and in Brisbane are literally like lost everything. Like mm. uh, we don't need to go and harp on about the devastation that has happened and been caused because I think everyone is well aware of the lack of government support and the lack of resources that have been um Sent to New to Northern New South Wales to Northern Rivers, like uh, it's barely being talked about. I have family from overseas saying, seeing my stories and being like, "What? Oh, I've not heard any. There's nothing in the international news cycle about it. Like, no coverage whatsoever, no support. And Mm. like, I think this is just a really something that I've seen that came out of the floods and like out of all of the like." grassroots organizing and mobilizing that everyone is doing like just normal communities, normal people are the ones doing the helping like mm-hmm. and doing so much of the effort is actually um, the Koori uh, Mail and then mm. the national like indigenous um, newspaper. And so the general manager of it. Her name is Naomi Moran and she's a Bundjalung and Dungari woman. And so she's the general manager of this newspaper. And I just saw this video and I'm, I think we'll insert it here and play it just so you can hear her saying it.
2: We've had no government assistance here, we've had very little contact, so I guess our biggest strategy was powering the people. What we did here with our building, we literally parked it so that we could reach out to our community first. This is a classic example of how our local mob is self-determining what crisis support and relief means for our people. The history of black
3: blackfellas in this country, it's expected that we go to their table. What we say is just a small portion of what they've already organised and what they expect us to adhere to. We know exactly what
2: we're doing down here. We know how to reach out to our Indigenous people and communities. It doesn't matter where you come from, what background, you can come in here and get everything that you need. It's going to take some time and we're in it for the long haul. We're not going anywhere.
1: It's just so powerful, like the way she's talking about how They've just mobilised it. They've just done it. Everything that the government is sending people now to do, she's like, we were doing that three mm. weeks ago. Like, mm. where were you then? Like, we're moving forward. This is what we need now. And, like, the government is just ten steps behind.
3: so far behind. It took them, like, seven days after the floods had ended to consider a national, like, emergency. Literally. Mm. When the s- floods started, like, three weeks ago in Gympie. Or people like- are
1: still living in tents. Like, yeah. right now as we're recording this, like, there has been no support and it just goes to show that we actually don't really need the government like <laughs> yep. even in these moments of absolute crisis we saw it with the bushfires we've seen it with the pandemic we've seen it with the floods literally just in the past three years and everything that's happened before that every single time they failed to show up and actually support the community in these crisis moments and it's because they don't give a fuck they mm-hmm. don't care okay. like this doesn't fit their agenda it doesn't suit their fucking schedule like mm-hmm. because this is all politics for them it's not actually mm-hmm. about people's real fucking lives yeah
3: yeah it's like sorry I already pre-booked the bus. To go to Mardi Gras mm. so it won't be coming to Northern <laughs> Rivers. the
1: cops are going to be in Sydney this weekend yeah. <laughs> so you guys will just have to wait.
3: Watch out <laughs> for the queers! <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's just horrendous and I think I have seen a bit of discourse come out about it as well especially even with the army there and some mm. people argue saying, you know, it's just their jobs to go in and get a PR shot and stuff but it's about this whole representation thing that Jazzy was talking about earlier with the police and the fact that These people, it's not about who they are as individuals. It's Mm -hmm. about what they're representing in that moment. And when those people, I've heard some horrible stories of people um, them coming in and these people have lost everything. And then finally, when some form of the government shows up to help, they're just taking these PR shots. And that is like just a very disheartening thing to feel when you need help and you want, want it from them and then that's what you get.
2: Sure. Yeah. I don't really watch the news, but I happen to watch I don't even know what channel it was on, doesn't really matter. But they were doing a lot of coverage on the news uh, of on the floods. And one segment that they were doing that they were advertising each time before each ad break was that Elon Musk had sent in and saved the Northern Rivers. Like they used <laughs> that word saved what? to put in two internet boxes, I believe. Two internet boxes or some sort of things to give like <laughs> a little bit of electricity or it's something. It's like sending
1: out internet packages and stuff yeah. to people, which is a necessary thing, but, like, the amount of money that he would have spent on that, it's like you literally could have rebuilt probably about 10 people's houses for that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Elon Musk could rebuild the whole of Northern Rivers with his money. Like, the way that the news broadcasts these things is really mm. troubling as well because we get a lot of our information from really credible Instagrams and newspaper. <laughs> sorry, credible... Uh,
3: so <laughs> I know. I get what you're saying though. I mean like yeah.
1: credible, like news sources yeah, that from post Instagram. through Instagram Yeah, well. yeah. sorry. I don't know what you meant. No, yeah, I, I just the way it sounded. It fell
3: out funny. But also it. in this case, like we're getting a lot of credible information from people on the ground that are yeah. there from, yeah, from social media. We know like, that
1: that's the most accurate information that we're yeah, getting. So in that
3: way because a lot of the media sources were not portraying mm. it the way it was as well. And we were just lucky that we come from really close to there. So we have a lot of friends and family mm. and, like, Z and I used to live in Mwollomba, which was fully under, and mm. just seeing, like, all of those people's posts that we used to be around all the time was, like, really good for us because we could know what was actually going on down there rather than, yeah. like, what the media was portraying. Mm.
2: And the biggest thing as well is the fact that this is global warming and it could literally happen to anyone as well. Mm. Like, all of our houses, we These might things be okay. These are just going to keep happening. Exactly. Like,
1: people like i've even seen some people talking about how this is like a government conspiracy and they did the floods and it's like it's not that, it's not that deep like they it's actually just climate change like, yeah i don't know why we have to like find this intense explicit like underlying meaning for things where the elites are controlling it and it's all a setup and it's like no this is just the fucked reality that we're now dealing with and this is what we're going to be dealing with Forever now, Mm -hmm. unless things change in regards to so many elements. Like this applies to climate change. It applies to so many things that we talk about on this podcast. Um, Just a little side note as
3: well. Has anyone seen... um At the moment, this comes into, like, where protesting is getting more, like, criminalised and more um, policed, Mm. where um, Blockade Australia has been protesting against, like, for climate change at the moment, Um, and they've just introduced these new fines in New South Wales that if people are protesting, like, and disrupting traffic or trains or any economic structure, you can get fined $22,000 for protesting. And these two German protesters um, have now gotten their visas cancelled and they're getting shipped, like, not shipped...
1: Deported. Yeah, deported, that's oh, the that's word. That's awful. Deported back
3: because they were, um, they were protesting in regards this to climate change. This is a human change.
2: right. To be able to protest should be oh a human God. right so we, we could it's... stand up for ourselves. And they're even criminalising that. Like, yeah. what the fuck is actually going to happen? That is how I felt in Mardi
0: Gras, though. I was like, Mardi Gras, it says on the fucking Mardi Gras website. <laughs> I sent it to you all because I was like, this is fucking bullshit. But it says, like we pride ourselves on be using our voices and making change and fighting mm. all the injustices but the fucking police were on the fucking phone and the event <laughs> <FF laughs> organizers like, yeah, kick him out boys. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> they said
1: no pride it's in Where's like, our freedom it's to speak? this whole corporation thing as well. Mm. Like even with International Women's Day like I'm tapped mm. out of that shit. Like, mm. so <laughs> hard. It's just like break the bias like blah, 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 blah. Like, come,
3: like come to together,
1: my $100 I like, enjoy the comments and, like, the fucking sarcasm around International Women's Day more so now than the actual (laughs)
2: International Women's Day content. I think these Mm. sorts of, like, days and experiences and things that happen are so whitewashed as well Mm. now and because we live in such a society that is colonial and white supremacist, it's all about these focused on, like, the rich women celebrating their womanhood Mm. and their ability to work in corporations and make money and, like, their successes, whereas the real issues are still First Nations issues and they Mm. should be at the forefront if we're actually going to talk about women and Mm. women we need to Mm. uplift and support Mm, totally and that even
3: comes with like um the lgbtqi community in that Mm -hmm. way as well where it's like trans people are now getting left behind yeah in in that community not like obviously not with everyone but you can see that within protests and things like that like a lot of um a gay man and like a rich gay people i guess are are not as caring or supportive Mm. of these issues because they're no longer affected by the world because they have gotten their rights. Yeah. So it's like that whole united front where you're never going to be properly united if you're not fighting for yeah. everyone's and rights.
2: It's still common knowledge and it will always be that Black trans women have been at the forefront of these marches yeah. and these movements since Stonewall with 100%. Marsha P. Johnson as well.
1: And and always fighting for everyone's rights. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not just like, your own rights. It's always been, it's never just been about one issue. It's because all of these issues are always going to be intersecting with each other and, mm-hmm. like, it's it's hard to even, I don't know why it happens. Like, it's honestly just like, you know, even just looking within, like, the queer community and it's like, you hear some things people say or see discourse online and it's it's like I just can't believe that like people can be so out of touch with it still and mm-hmm. it's like sure. how are we going to move forward if like people within the community are still holding like so much um still discrimination within them and like I'm definitely guilty of that we're all guilty of that at some point but like once you know better do better like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. fucking the best quote love you Abby Chatfield I love that quote <laughs> someone else has definitely said it but shout out to you Abby I hope you're listening <laughs>
2: We love
3: you, <laughs> we do.
1: That could be that little video. <laughs> target, target. Oh, Nazi, we're having it. Oh, fuck.
0: But yeah, so, um, uh, cops, fuck them. A <laughs> cab for life. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of police, um, just to touch on briefly as something that's recently happened since we've last recorded an episode as well. It was the recent trial of a police officer that killed nineteen year old indigenous man Kumanjayi Walker. So this happened in two thousand and nineteen and he was killed by gunshot. And the recent trial, this police officer got com- cleared of all of the charges. Shame. Yeah, shame. And we just wanted to touch on this as well, just to bring in the fact that nearly 500 First Nations people since 1991 have been killed in, have died in police custody. Mm-hmm. And this is just horrendous. And the whole point of the police since colonization has been a direct attempt at using, weaponizing against First Nations people.
3: And when we talk about like police discrimination, um, First Nations people are always at the front of that mm. as well. And like, um, I guess we like we and other queer people can experience it a lot, but we, we will never know like mm. how much or be able to um talk about it or have understand. ever felt understand yeah. to that to that length mm. that um First Nations people have and continue to be
2: um, treated by police. Yeah. And, and to lose family members and then still have to go into the media and talk about these issues and fight for their rights and for their family members to be protected and not one police officer has been convicted since mm. this. And, and it just
1: no matter how much evidence there is, no matter yeah. how much like I don't know the term plausible deniability like or lack mm-hmm. of there is, however they use it in legal jargon, like it's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter, like it just doesn't matter. There was so much evidence and so much proof mm-hmm. that this... Man is guilty of yeah. killing him and still, like, and nothing. even Channel
3: Nine News yeah. interviewing him boycott that stupid <sighs> yeah, fucking channel. Hit, oh they're, they're interviewing the police officer. Like, that just shows how messed up mainstream media is in their representation of these people. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like they're going to like humanise him and they're going to make him seem like, oh, he's a good bloke. He's just Australian. He's an Aussie
1: bloke on the job. Like that's not what it is. But he's dangerous
3: and he's a killer and he should not be, should not be, like I don't know, represented like this. I
2: know. And the people that watch the news, the target audience is clearly not people our age all the time Mm. and with our awareness and with our experiences it's for middle-aged people and upper-class people and just people that like are able to watch the news at certain times of the day and so the target audience there is so that they can you know start having more faith in police still and still believe in that structure. There's
1: so much in our generation that still upholds that Mm. like respect slash fear slash whatever for police and like it's
3: and this is how they do it this representation it Mm. feeds into the bigotry like for first nations people but also feeds into um how we need police Mm. and how they protect us and And, how mm. so not true and people who say
1: reform like police need to be reformed it's like they're doing exactly what their fucking job is meant to be like this Mm -hmm. is what their job was designed for like learning that and like understanding that so much more it's it opens you up to like really unpacking these things and actually looking at it like this isn't how it's meant to be. Like this shouldn't be the standard at all.
3: And no matter how many, like, inquests, they're always doing inquests into the police, they're always doing reforms, and nothing Royal comes from it. commissions,
1: here, right, mm.
2: <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. no person should be able to hold a gun and have that sort of power, mm. especially when you're living in a country that doesn't actually have guns. And so many
1: rural communities, like, um, that are s- like, yeah. still really, like, First Nations people, like, communities within Australia have said, we don't want guns in our community yeah. full stop. Like, yeah. we don't want anyone to have guns here. Yeah. Like, that's not... That's the point. Like, there shouldn't be in our community at all. Like, Mm -hmm. and like, why why can't why is that not a possibility? Like, what are they so fucking scared of?
0: (laughs) I was I was listening to it on hack the other day. They spoke about why they do have these guns in community units because they can't fly in external responses to different attacks. But it just almost felt like I, it's obviously just not the solution and if you look at that as you know just like you know sort of one dimension kind of framework yeah okay they can't fly these people in or whatever but what about actual training because I read one article yesterday as well is that the police in the actual communities who do build a relationship with some of the um, the people that live in them, they know how to trust those people. But when people like Zachary Rolfe, who've never been in a community before, just fly in and mm, then have no idea, then sure. they, there's no trust. Of course, there's it's it's, just, it's so multifaceted. And, and with there's...
1: literal quotes of text messages of him coming out now saying, "I just feel like a cowboy in a western or something like that Yuck. out here," like mm. what? Like, mm. but also like, what are they flying in? Like, I don't know what you mean by that with the flying in. Thing. like there's no so if say if there's someone who is someone who's posing
0: a great threat to um the safety of other people and they have a weapon or whatever um so for example in like say sydney cbd they can get a response team in within two seconds with who are more trained in with um arms yeah. whereas in if they're out in the middle of nowhere because obviously the police have to be like protected to some degree because it's their occupation so they it would take a lot longer to fly someone in with armed response if they didn't and so that's mm-hmm. why they are armed and like i do understand that to an extent but i only that's only if you look at it through one yeah and I think you have to also think about
2: like not the fact that someone's going to be in trouble like put others in danger and like because they're armed but like why are they armed why Mm. are they in that situation what's Mm. actually happened for them to be escalated as Mm. well why are cops the first responders when they aren't psychologically trained anyways
1: this violence exists anyways with cops here so they're obviously not Doing anything yeah. anyways, yeah. like the violence is already here. Cops don't do anything to stop it. Like,
3: yeah, there's no prevention. It's yeah, always, it's, um, it's always what's their intervention? Oh, Reaction. No, no, no. What's the after one? Um, I don't know. The after one. No, no. no, because it's like there's prevention intervention. or there is it intervention? I don't know. <laughs> interventions in the middle. I no, guess. so
0: prevention is beforehand. So that's what you'd want to do. Yeah, but it's like a reaction thing. So it's like intervention. Um, it's not no, intervention. It's just like I when
2: know you the, the word. Um, yeah. Anyway, contribute. we
3: mean like
1: so they're always yeah. in there after charging people fines and shit <laughs> yeah. and throwing people in prison. They're presents. always
3: reacting after. It's never mm. like before. So mm. they're only punishing it's in a reactive,
1: way. not preemptive. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way. I'm going to find the word. We'll tell you next episode, guys.
3: (laughs) So you have to listen to next episode to find out. the word. Come (laughs) back next time. Um, But, yeah, we need, need, like, healthcare workers and um, more healthcare workers, more social Social workers, workers, more youth workers
2: coming in. More of everything except for cops. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, no one feels safe when you're around a cop. (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh, maybe my (laughs) mum.
3: Yeah,
2: Rich white women.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rich white women and rich white men.
3: Fuck
1: mm-hmm. them yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> right. She doesn't listen to me. Yeah, podcasts.
0: I know. <laughs> So obviously our first episode last year was talking about the pillars of patriarchy. And when I listen back to it, <laughs> holy shit, like, it's incredible just how if I... If you can,
1: made it through that episode the same I time. Time.
0: <laughs> I did go about, like, three quarters of the way through. I was feeling really inspired that day to, like, <laughs> listen through. But, yeah, anyway, it's not our best work, and we were still learning at that point, but that's what this podcast is about. Just yeah. like sure. oh, what Jamila Jamila
2: always says, I'm here to learn. As yeah. well as, and we're we always going to be
0: more critical on our
2: own work rather than everyone else listening because yeah. we know what we've done with it rather than just what you hear in your ears but we definitely have so much more knowledge about each pillar of patriarchy than we did Mm, last year and just like and how it relates
3: to real life so much more as well and every single like thing we do now or like going to Mardi Gras, it's always in our brain. Yeah. of patriarchy. Like yeah. we're always yeah. relating it to capitalism or white supremacy and it's-
2: Because it it's does. awesome. Yeah. It's nice to be able to yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things make sense once you actually start realising that these things are that this, not, you know, innate and just like something that maybe we're feeling or thinking is happening. It's actually like these are structural issues that have been implemented to maintain superiority about mm. certain groups. It's like- it's yes, so sir. wild when you see it. And we you saw that
0: just as we we're talking earlier about how um Channel fucking 9 mm. presents this whole story about this young indigenous man is that they're doing that to uphold fucking white supremacy like yeah. that is how they're p- painting that picture yeah. and so it's just really interesting and I think what um even the reality TV shows that we watch they definitely uphold patriarchy in so many ways where it's heteronormative heret- hetero <laughs> Heteronormativity and the gender binary and mm. misogyny—it's—it's all, it's all in there, and it's really interesting. Too. Oh yeah,
2: our language is gendered; like everything is gendered. Mm. Everything is so heteronormative, with everyone thinking that you need to be a man and a woman together. Mm. Everything is capitalist because we have to buy things to oh live. like, it's so,
1: so, like,
2: so <laughs> tiring, and like we—you can opt out, of course, but I don't think that it's necessary too, because it's really powerful to actually be aware of these things and to kind of create hope for yourself because we don't really have much else when it comes to it because it is quite scary to actually want to advocate for it and to be at protests and to be like part of Mm, these movements. It can be
1: really draining these days to be across like everything to do with like the Mm. news and social justice. I think everyone's been pulled in in some way and like it's so the biggest comfort in like all of this stuff and like well, really the only comfort is like actually having a community of people like around you and also online where you can talk about these things and unpack it. And when you find the right spaces and the good spaces, they, there is that room to grow and it gives you that opportunity to actually learn. Like mm-hmm. it's not about who is, you know, the most woke or who mm. knows the most information or all mm. of that stuff. It's actually about learning and like wanting to be a better person and And just about
3: understanding the world Mm, we live in when you're so confused growing up not knowing and then you learn all of this amazing things and you you kind of find what you like more like Mm. you're no longer buying into the way society thinks you should be because you you look outside of that now yeah and it's always growing and always changing and like to look at how much we've even grown like outside of that like yeah like the I guess outside of the pillars of patriarchy in a way you know like because we look we're always outside the box looking in rather than living through as much as we were Mm. obviously there's times where we can be like internalized misogynistic or whatever but you know it's nice to to
2: be able to understand the world around you for sure and even just like not thinking that you're part of, like, the queer community just because you might not have queer friends or you're not around a bunch of queer people. Like, if you identify as part of that, you are part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And that's, like, the most beautiful thing is knowing that it's not just one big community of people. Like, it's not like a bunched up thing. It's millions of people all around the world that Mm want to support each other and uplift each other Mm. and will support you as well because Mm. you matter.
1: So I can't wait to know what I know in more
2: years to come. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My when we're oh, I we yeah. 50. We'll be so smart.
0: <laughs> yeah, should we should we wrap it up now? Yeah. yeah. If you're
2: actually listening to this as well, we'll probably have our new logo. Oh app, yeah. yeah, which we're is really a whole cool
1: revamp. Yeah. This is season two, new vibes, new yeah. everything. And I
2: know it's sorry. I know it's called revolting women, but I, like I don't care about that because at the end <laughs> of the day, like I've been raised as a woman, and it is a women's fight, and not just women. It's just we're all revolting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We are revolting. People just isn't as catchy. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, literally, we appreciate all mm. humans. Yeah. And I
0: guess also like you have experienced the same discrimination. People will still, as much as I'm gendered it, as a woman, yeah, you are gendered regardless of your gender identity, and will experience that and. I also think that the definition of woman has expanded so much. For sure. For sure. And it isn't as, like, binary as it always has been. And Definitely. how I viewed it, honestly. Like, I've got this actual really cool quote that I wrote in here the other day. I think you'll really like this, See, eh?
1: Do it, Sass.
0: <laughs> Finish us off with a quote. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually from, um, I think... <laughs>
0: I think this is actually from Clementine Ford's, um, yeah, it's from Big Sister Hotline, but I now see trans masculinity not as a betrayal to feminism but as a core part in the feminist project in Dismantling Patriarchy. Uh Uh-huh.
1: I love that.
0: So Mm. fucking true. I
2: love that. Good shit. But, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have an amazing week and we're just so grateful that you've made it this far and that we're Mm. going to pop off this season two. Yeah, tell your friends,
1: tell your family, bring it up at dinner time. Yeah.
3: Dare someone to listen. Interviews, expect, I don't know what else, expect.
2: Just
1: content, 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 so mm. much If stuff. you want to come on the podcast, pitch us an idea, we'll have you. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. we'd love
3: to
1: have
3: you. All right, we out. Bye. Bye.
2: <laughs> Scott.
3: Thank you for listening to this episode of Revolting Women. We hope you were able to learn at least one new thing from us today. Please subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a review as it helps more people find
2: us. You can follow us on Instagram at revolting women Podcast, or click the link in our show notes. You will be able to find the sources we referred to in this episode today. If you have any feedback, questions, episode topics, want to open up a discussion or come on to the podcast, we would love to hear from you.
3: We would like to take this moment to also state that we are not the creators nor pioneers of this information and our aim is to build upon the pre-existing teachings that have informed us. We say thank you to the Black and Indigenous women of colour, LGBTQIA plus communities, activists and trailblazing feminists that have fought so we could thrive.
2: If this episode has brought up any triggering feelings, please know that our DMs are open to you. You can contact mental health services such as Headspace, which is a free Australian youth-based service at 1800 650 890 or Lifeline at 131-114. Remove the stigma and reach out.
1: See you next episode! <laughs> What's wrong with that?